When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Unscripted, the Cardiac Hill podcast. I'm your host, Corey Cohen. And in this episode, we are going to be talking, of course, about pit football and their dominant victory over Georgia Tech. 52 to 21 was the final score. Absolutely huge. So let's just get right into it because this was a statement win for the Panthers. Let's just rewind for a bit. I went back and in the uh, past couple episodes, I was saying that for the Panthers, after that Western Michigan game, after Tennessee, I said there's really no excuse to not start 5-0. and And then, of course, they lose to a directional Michigan. And then after Western Michigan, I said you absolutely have to beat and really crush New Hampshire. You absolutely have to beat Georgia Tech. And then that sends you into the toughest part of the schedule for the Panthers, which is Virginia Tech, Clemson, Miami. And while they did blow the game to Western Michigan, which can't be erased, it happened, we all saw it, and it was pathetic, they did everything else beside that game so far this season that people were expecting and that people were wanting. And so... Now we'll have to try to figure out, was that one game to Western Michigan a blip? Was that just an off day? Was it the, you know, they used that loss to motivate the team, hype up the team and make sure it never happened again? Or did Pitt just have a good day against Georgia Tech? And other than that, they played New Hampshire and this team really isn't all that improved. So we'll have to see that going forward. But in this game... Just like after the Western Michigan game, I said there's a lot of blame to go around. In this one, there's a lot of credit to to go around. This was a huge victory, and so many people played a part in it. Uh, One thing before talking about specifics of the game is this offense. I've got to talk about this offense. 52 points against Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech, who only allowed 14 points from Clemson and 22 points from North Carolina. So these are both really good teams that they played, or I should say good, but, you know, in the ACC standard, uh, really good teams that Georgia Tech played, and they did not allow much. They had huge defensive performances, specifically against Clemson, and they stepped up big. And against the Panthers... They allowed 52 points. That is just a huge performance from the pit offense. 
And when you, when you talk about credit, look, we'll just talk about a few of the, the players and a few of the people that get credit. First of all, Kenny Pickett, absolutely unbelievable. He had four touchdowns. He had over 400 total yards. It was his third straight game with over 300 passing yards and three or more touchdowns. That is incredible. That's simply incredible, the run that he's having. And he he really is leading this team. Uh, when you talk about Kenny Pickett, he is just so calm and composed. There were a couple plays in that Georgia Tech game where the play seemed to be breaking down and there was pressure on him. And not only was he able to escape, because we've seen that in the past from Kenny Pickett, but he was able to escape and still turn it into a play. Because in the past... And what most quarterbacks do when they're under pressure and they're able to get out of it because they're athletic is they run out of bounds or they try to just keep it for themselves and it's hopeless and nothing really comes of it or they just throw it out of bounds. Uh, In this case, Kenny Pickett on multiple occasions has turned those broken plays into completions and into first downs. There was a great one to Lucas Kroll in the Georgia Tech game, where it looked like Kenny Pickett was right by the sideline. The play had broken down. He had he had rolled out. He got towards the sideline. And just before it looked like he might have gone out of bounds, which would have been fine, or thrown it out of bounds, he found Lucas Kroll, who got open, and they turned that into a play. And it's just that, that level of composure and awareness, even when things are collapsing, that makes for a great quarterback that Kenny Pickett has. Kenny Pickett so far, he has to be in serious consideration to be a Heisman Trophy, at least finalist. He has had such a phenomenal year thus far. And fortunately, it seems like people have started to pay attention after this game against Georgia Tech because he is on such a run. And here are his stats so far. 72% uh, passing percentage, completion percentage. Over 1,700 yards passing, 19 touchdowns thrown, one interception. That's incredible. His yards per game, 346.2. Absolutely remarkable what Kenny Pickett has been able to do. He has played like one of the best quarterbacks in the country. And so far, there's nothing that you can say, no way that you can prove and say, yeah, that's not the case. He's not one of the best quarterbacks in the country. So far, he is. And he's played like it. And so for Kenny Pickett, it's I'm glad that he's finally getting the uh, recognition that he deserved. And in this particular case, it's even more recognition than anyone really thought was possible, which is potential to be a Heisman Trophy finalist or even winner. That's incredible. But he deserves it. He has played out of his mind. It's been sensational thus far. And he 100% deserves it for how he's played. Uh, Another, uh, uh, you know, top-tier unit and deserves a ton of credit, uh, his receivers. Jordan Addison had another huge day. He catches just about everything that gets thrown toward him. Um, He had 117 yards on six receptions. One touchdown, that's almost 20 yards per per reception. 
uh, he makes phenomenal catches. Taysier Mack, 121 yards, one touchdown on five receptions. That's over 24 yards per reception. And then Lucas Kroll, just with two receptions, but 45 yards and a touchdown. And you have to give credit to all of them and also to the wide receiver coach, Brennan Marion. Uh, who came in this season, Pitt actually uh, swiped him from Todd Graham at Hawaii, brought him to Pittsburgh, and uh, that wide receiver unit has really taken a step up this year. So a lot of credit to uh, Brennan Marion, the wide receiver coach, and all the receivers on this team because they have played uh, really well thus far. Uh, Another person that, that you just have to give credit to, and he has gotten a ton of blame over his, uh, his tenure at Pitt, and a lot of it deserved, but Mark Whipple. I mean, it, it is wild how good this offense is. This offense right now, when you look at the overall stats in the country, they are number one in the country in offense, in touchdowns, in yards per game. Pitt is number one in the country. That is bonkers. That a pit offense that was supposed to be its weak spot, because your head coach is a defensive guy, led by an offensive coordinator who so many fans have, and, and rightly so in many cases, have called for his release and said he's not good at this job, the offense is bad, the, the play calling is unoriginal. They are the number one offense in the country after five games. That is absolutely bonkers. I mean, Pitt, they they set a record for the program against Georgia Tech. Um, They had never scored 40 points in five straight games. And they did that. They did that for the first time in the history of Pitt football. Uh, They scored 41 against Tennessee and Western Michigan. They scored 51 against UMass. They scored 52 against Georgia Tech. And then, of course, 77 against New Hampshire. Think about how difficult it is to score 40 points or more, just at all. And then think about how difficult it is to do that in five straight games. Pitt, in its long history of football, has never done that. And they accomplished that in the first five games this season. And actually, what's incredible is they actually accomplished that not even five games in. They accomplished that four and a half games in because by halftime, they had 42 points against Georgia Tech. It's just incredible how good this offense has been, uh, you know, looking at the rest of the country. And Pitt's offense is so, so, so good. I mean, for Georgia Tech, I mentioned when they played UNC and Clemson, they allowed 36 points total to those two teams. Pitt eclipsed that by halftime. By halftime, Pitt had 42 points, which is more than Georgia Tech allowed against UNC and Clemson combined. Just incredible. Uh, Things are rolling, and you, you absolutely have to give credit to Mark Whipple. This is the number one offense in the country. You've got a quarterback who has been playing phenomenally well, uh, who has, you know, really taken a huge step up. You've got a wide receiver crew that, I mean, there's been talent for for pit receivers in the past, but now it looks like they're finally putting it together. Uh, Jordan Addison, five straight games with at least five catches and a touchdown. Uh, I mean, there's just something has come together 
with this offense, and you absolutely have to give credit to everyone involved because this has been what's gotten them to a 4 and one record so far. The defense has been fine. The front seven looks good. Uh, the, the secondaries had some problems. It's not a great defense, but the offense is great. They're stellar, which is even more astonishing considering they're not really supposed to be. This is supposed to be a defensive team with a defensive-minded head coach and an offensive coordinator who was close to being fired probably on multiple occasions, and yet they have turned this into the number one offense in the country after five games. Just remarkable what they've been able to do. So a huge amount of credit to them. And then you've got to say, for Pat Narduzzi, uh, huge credit to him. I mean, after that Western Michigan game, everybody was calling for his head. Everyone was. And, you know, understandable. That's completely understandable because they lost a game to Western Michigan. And I said at the top, we don't know yet if that was a one-game fluke and just a disaster of a day, but they're a lot better than that. We don't know if they used that game to turn things around, if maybe they were getting a little lazy or sloppy. And then after that game, they all realized uh, what had happened and what they can't let happen again. Maybe that's the case. Uh, I'm not sure. I really don't know. But whatever it is, after that Western Michigan game, this Pitt team has not looked the same. They have looked a lot better. And again, a lot of that comes down to the offense. But for Pat Narduzzi, he had to win these games after the Western Michigan game. And to his credit, he did. And they, they weren't close. They just weren't close. They obviously dominated New Hampshire, but to dominate Georgia Tech in Atlanta with how Georgia Tech has played so far this season, that's big. It's a statement win. It's a win in the ACC. It's a win in the Coastal, so it gets you one step closer to the ACC championship game, and it puts things back on track heading into a bye week because now Pitt is off for the upcoming weekend, and then they've got the toughest stretch of the season against uh, Virginia Tech on the road, and then Clemson and Miami at Heinz Field. So toughest stretch of the season coming up. You absolutely had to win this game. And if Pitt had just won this game, if they had won it by three points or maybe even a touchdown, I, I wouldn't be praising them like this. I'd be saying, okay, you did what you had to do. You got it done. You got the victory. You're four and one. It's not a disaster. Because if you lose this game and then go into the bye week, then it's a disaster. But if they just won the game by three points or by seven points, I'd say, okay, you did what you what was absolutely necessary. Congrats, move on, and get ready, and we'll see there. But they didn't just win the game. They dominated the game. They pummeled Georgia Tech and really put on a statement for the ACC and, and for the country. People are paying attention. Whether it's Kenny Pickett for Heisman, which is starting to gain a little bit of traction, whether it's Pitt's offense being number one in the country, Things are starting to gain some traction, and and credit to Pat Narduzzi for turning things around after that Western Michigan game. It's still horrible. It's still unforgivable, but I know everyone was saying after that game, no matter what happens the rest of the season, that's it. You've got to fire him. You can't lose to Western Michigan, and I took a bit of exception with that. I said, 
just losing to Western Michigan, but then going out and having a great season, that, I think, in my opinion, would be enough to keep your job. Now, the likelihood of a team losing to a directional Michigan and then going on to have a great season, unlikely. But this is Pitt. This is Pitt where we've seen this program lose games to opponents they should have crushed uh, and lose it in pathetic fashion and then come out and beat an amazing team. That happens constantly with this program. So it was not impossible for me to envision, yeah, Pitt could lose to Western Michigan, but go out and beat a bunch of the ACC. If that didn't happen, if they lost to a good chunk of the ACC, then yeah, you know, that that's going to be it. But the fact of the matter is that after that loss to, or I shouldn't say after, outside of that loss to Western Michigan, they've beaten Tennessee, a pretty good SEC team. They, they easily won the two games they needed to dominate, UMass and New Hampshire, and then they crushed Georgia Tech on the road. It's still early. I absolutely know that. But it's looking like maybe it was just one fluke, and this pit football team is pretty darn good. It's looking like that very well may be the case. They had an awful game against Western Michigan, and Pat Narduzzi was completely outcoached and all that. But the offense is great. Your quarterback is stellar. And this is one of the top teams in the ACC. So it's going to be really interesting moving forward uh, what happens with this team, uh, who they, uh, you know, their next three opponents. That's going to tell us a whole lot about who the pit football team uh, really is. But uh, that'll be after the bye week. And then, of course, the big game in Blacksburg against Virginia Tech. That will tell us a whole ton. Uh, We'll take a very quick break and then come back in just a moment to talk about uh, the FPI to see about where Pitt is ranked when it comes to the FPI and uh, what people are starting to expect of the Panthers. Uh, We'll take a quick break. Be back in just a second. You're listening to Unscripted, the Cardiac Hill podcast. Okay, we are back here on Unscripted. So. Uh, The FPI, it stands for the Football Power Index. It's a metric that uh, was developed by ESPN uh, that basically looks at all the games. You know, it's an algorithm uh, and assesses teams by their strength and, you know, how good are they based on the teams that they've played? Who are the teams that they're playing coming up? Are they expected to win those games? What's expected to happen? Uh, It's basically just a big fancy algorithm that takes what you've done and uh, tries to predict what you're going to do moving forward. According to the FPI, Pitt is now the favorite to win the ACC. Not the ACC Coastal that they've done once. The ACC. Now, part of that is there's a huge opening because Clemson so far this year, not great. Not not great, Bob. Uh, They lost to... Uh, Georgia to start the season, okay, it happens. They crushed SC State, fine. Georgia Tech didn't look very good, only scored 14 points. They got the win, but not great. Uh, NC State, they lost in double overtime, not great. And then Boston College, uh, they won, but only 19-13. to The offense has looked pretty bad. Their quarterback, I hope I get this name right, DJ Uyunglele, I believe. I hope. I, I hope I got it. Uh, they just haven't been good. This has not been the same Clemson team uh, without uh, Trevor Lawrence and before that Deshaun Watson. 
just not the same Clemson team, not the same Clemson offense. And so because they've already lost an ACC game, uh, you wonder if maybe they either don't make it into the ACC championship game, which is possible because Wake Forest right now is undefeated in the conference, uh, or they make it to the ACC championship game and they lose it. That's very possible. And for Pitt, so far, it's just been one game, but they're 1-0 in the ACC. And what's wild is that they are the favorites, according to the FBI, to win every single game moving forward. Now, I don't know about that. I don't think that Pitt wins all their games moving forward and finishes the regular season 11-1. and I do not think that's going to happen. And because it's an algorithm... Once Pitt loses one game, as I'm sure they will, then everything's going to change. And all of a sudden, they're not going to be the favorites to win the ACC, and everything's going to go down. But at the moment, based on their performances thus far, they are the favorites to win the ACC with a 44.3% chance, according to the FPI. The next highest is Clemson with a 23% chance. So that's Pitt over 44% chance, Clemson 23%, and then a bunch of other teams below that. Uh, that's wild. <laughs> that is absolutely wild, especially considering that Pitt has to play Clemson, even though they're not great. That's really, really tough. And of course, they're going to have to play uh, Virginia Tech on the road and Miami with Clemson sandwiched in between. So it's going to be exceptionally difficult. But right now, that is what uh, the uh, predictive algorithm from ESPN says. Uh, it also says that they've got a 72% chance to win the Coastal. Now, that one, I think, is more likely, uh, just because when you look at the Coastal, so far, no one has seemed that impressive. Uh, Georgia Tech seemed pretty impressive, uh, but Pitt just clobbered them. Uh, Virginia Tech has seemed pretty good. I think that's going to be an absolutely huge game, uh, but you know we'll see. They've got a big game coming up this weekend against Notre Dame, uh, a beatable team, uh, 14th-ranked Notre Dame. And uh, just coming off a loss to Cincinnati. So we'll see how Virginia Tech plays in that game. And then if they win, do they use that momentum to, to spur on a win against Pitt the next week? If they lose, do they motivate themselves after? And, and So we'll, we'll have to see. But I think that's going to be an absolutely huge game. I could very well see the winner of the Pitt-Virginia Tech game uh, coming up in uh, after this bye week. I could very well see that deciding the ACC Coastal. Because so far, Virginia Tech, they're also 1-0 in the ACC, and they defeated North Carolina. Their only loss is to West Virginia, and we'll see maybe they'll lose to, Virginia, uh, to, to Notre Dame this coming weekend. But I think that might be a battle for the ACC Coastal. Because you look at the rest of Pitt's schedule, Miami, they look fine, but not great. I certainly think uh, that they're beatable, and they've already lost one game in the Coastal to Virginia. Then after that, Pitt's got Duke. Um, not something that uh, the Panthers should worry about too much. Duke football not very good at the moment. Uh, North Carolina, like I said, they've already lost to Virginia Tech, and they've lost to Georgia Tech. Uh, the Tar Heels came in exceptionally highly ranked. Seems like they were a bit overrated, and so I, I wouldn't worry a ton about North Carolina right now. And then there's Virginia. Virginia so far, they've beaten Miami. Uh, but they've lost to Wake Forest and to UNC, so they're they're one and two in the ACC at the moment. So, I think it's going to be the Pitt Virginia Tech game Saturday, October sixteenth, and that's going to decide the ACC Coastal. I think whoever wins that game 
uh, is in pole position to win the Coastal, and I think they get it done. So that is going to be the biggest game for Pat Narduzzi, uh, one of the biggest in his tenure, uh, and certainly the biggest in the last couple of years. I think I really think that game is going to be for it all. And then, of course, if Pitt does win the ACC Coastal, because Clemson isn't really Clemson this year, then that would be the biggest game by far because you'd have be in a winnable ACC championship game. But one step at a time, you've got to win the Coastal first. And uh, I do think it's possible. I think it is possible because this Pitt offense looks so damn good. And Kenny Pickett looks stellar. And if Pitt gets that win against Virginia Tech, all the other teams in the Coastal, they've all already lost a game. Like the other teams that you would normally be worried about, uh, like UNC, they lost. Like Miami, they lost. So I'm not super worried about anyone else. I think it's Virginia Tech and whoever comes out of that game in pole position for the Coastal and has a really good shot, maybe even favorites, to win the ACC outright. So it's just pretty incredible where things are right now. But because of Kenny Pickett and the Pitt offense, uh, that is where things are. Pitt, technically, according to FPI, favorites to win the ACC. So we'll see uh, We'll see about that. Uh, before we go, I absolutely have to mention uh, a couple of Olympic sports. Uh, Pitt men's soccer still going along. They are ranked 16 in the country at the moment. Uh, it's pretty amazing to see the Pitt men's soccer team play so well for, you know, a couple of years now. And we'll see if they can, you know, make it back and, and have another deep run into the NCAA tournament uh, this upcoming season. Uh, but so far, it, it's still just been a really good year. And soccer, it's just a huge sport, and it's growing constantly in the U.S. And there are so many players that go through the college ranks in the U.S. Uh, into USL Championship, or uh, or the MLS, and those players, so many of them, they come from NCAA soccer, and it would help a ton to for Pitt to get players, to develop players into MLS and USL championship players. That really begins a cycle of permanent success with a program, where you've got people who go to Pitt, they succeed, they play professionally, they succeed there, and then people watch them and study them, and then they want to go to Pitt and follow in their footsteps. That really is, uh, you know, with with college soccer, there's sort of a, a blue blood system, and there are certain schools that are just known for soccer and certain schools that aren't. And it's really difficult to be a school not known for soccer, which Pitt was, and turn it into a school known for soccer. And that's what they're doing right now, and it's really impressive. And if they keep it up, this could be a program uh, that's that's rolling for years to come, which would be really exciting. And then the other program, Pitt Volleyball. What more can I say? Pitt is a volleyball school. I don't care that Pitt, that Pitt football just demolished Georgia Tech and that they are 4-1. and one. Pitt is still a volleyball school. Uh, the Panthers volleyball team, number two in the country. They have been stellar. And I really think they've got a chance to win a national championship this season. They had so many players from last year who decided to come back, give it one more time. And with all that talent, with the leadership uh, of those seniors, of Coach Fisher, I really think Pitt Volleyball could win a national championship. They're number two in the country. ranking at The regular season matters a ton because that's going to affect uh, positioning in the NCAA tournament. And so every single match matters, 
and uh, Pitt Volleyball right now, number two. They keep on winning, still undefeated. Just remarkable what they've been able to uh, accomplish. And uh, definitely keep your eyes on them. At Cardiac Hill, uh, we like to keep an eye on all the Pitt teams, so all the Olympic sports. You can always check out Cardiac Hill for uh, more info and for more coverage because, again, I, I think it's really important to us that, uh, that the, the teams that are succeeding especially get the coverage they deserve. And uh, Pitt, men's volley- er, Pitt men's soccer and Pitt volleyball, they're succeeding, and they deserve a ton of coverage. Uh, before we go, Panther of the Week, I have never given it to this person. Uh, I'm not sure if I will again. It's kind of shocking to myself that I will be giving it to this person. But Panther of the Week, I've got to go Mark Whipple. With the offense being number one in the country, scoring over 40 points in all five of your first games of the season, something no pit team has ever accomplished, being number one in the United States uh, when it comes to uh, touchdowns and uh, yards per game, it's truly remarkable. No way in a million years would I have expected this after the offense we've seen for the last few years. Uh, so I, I just I have to give Panther of the Week to Mark Whipple. It's been incredible what they've been able to do offensively the first five weeks. And uh, so for all that, yeah, 100% uh, Mark Whipple, Panther of the Week. It's never happened before. I can't believe it myself. Uh, but he's earned it with how this offense has played. It really is something special. So that will be it for this episode of Unscripted. Uh, we will take off next week because Pitt's not playing, so there wouldn't be too much to talk about. Uh, and then we will come back following the Virginia Tech game. But when you're watching that game, just remember that everything in me says that game will decide the ACC Coastal. That game is going to determine who goes to the ACC Championship. And with this season, Clemson being pretty mediocre, Whoever goes to the ACC championship has a really good shot to win it. Pitt's goal the entire time has been to win the ACC. Some schools, they say we want to win a national championship. Pitt's just not at that level. Pitt wants to win the ACC. That has been the goal since Pat Narduzzi joined the football program. When every player gets there, they say they want to win the ACC. Pitt has never done it. They've won the Coastal once, and that was huge. They've never won the ACC. And normally, there's not much of a chance to win the ACC because Clemson exists. But Clemson isn't Clemson this year. And there is an opening in the Atlantic Coast Conference. And Pitt, if they play their cards right, if they use this bye week well, then come out and beat Virginia Tech, they can win the Coastal and they can win the ACC. That's going to be a monumental game, and I'm sure we will have a ton to talk about coming up after the Virginia Tech game. So until then, uh, you can follow uh, the podcast, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Search for Cardiac Hill on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Search Cardiac Hill and subscribe so the episodes go to your phone as soon as they are dropped. You can also follow me on Twitter. I'm at Corey E. Cohen, C-O-R-E-Y-E-C-O-H-E-N. And of course, you can uh, check out CardiacHill.com For all things Pitt Sports, thank you so much for listening. Back in two weeks. Until then, I'm Corey Cohen, signing off from Unscripted, the Cardiac Hill Podcast.